Hey, what's good? This is Rich, and you're listening to Paychecks and Balances, where it's about the intersection of work, money, and life. So whether it's getting out of debt, getting a new job, or getting control of the mental so you can get out of debt or get that new job, we're talking about it and having some fun along the way. If this is your first time listening, my name is Rich Jones, and I spent over a decade in human resources, and thanks to some good career decisions, I became 100% debt-free in 2018 when I paid off my car note two years early, and I haven't looked back. Hell, I refuse to go back. I do not want to go back to a life where I'm paying three digits per month in interest and carrying balances, literally balances across multiple cards in the thousands and thousands of dollars. I do not want that life. And normally on the podcast, I'm talking to interesting people doing interesting things with interesting insights. But today it's just me. And I was going to do a year in wrap up episode. But every time I sat down to record it, the energy didn't feel right. So I scrapped that. And instead, I'm sharing what habits and lessons I learned that I'm bringing into 2021. But before getting into the 10 things, I wanted to share that the last episode of December was also the last episode of season two. And honestly, I wanted a clean break from 2020, the dead weight, all of the negativity that came along with it. And so wrapping up season two with the last episode of the year seems fitting. And also, it's a new season for me personally, with this being my first year in many years where I'm truly a solopreneur. So if you don't know, I've been building things online since 2008, blogs, podcasts, other stuff. And everything that I've built that has gotten any traction has always been with a partner or with other people who are co-owners. And so this is the first year where it is just me. And honestly, I'm pretty excited about it. I'm pretty excited to see what I can do on my own. I know there are going to be some things that are going to be scary, some things that are going to be challenging. And I'm looking forward to talking about all of those things that come up on the podcast. Well, maybe not all of those things, but some of those things on the podcast, especially since I'm one of the people who's juggling a day job while also trying to make these other moves to grow wealth, to build legacy, all of that good stuff. So let's get into the 10 habits that I'm taking with me into 2021. And I'm going to start with the financial. And the first thing, and I actually did this at the end of 2020, I contributed $6,000, which is the max amount you can contribute to my IRA, which is then being converted via the backdoor method to a Roth IRA. And so if you're unfamiliar, a Roth IRA or individual retirement account allows you to put money away for retirement after it's been taxed. And with the Roth, there are income limits that impact whether you qualify to open this type of account immediately. So with the backdoor method, you put that money into a traditional IRA, there's some paperwork, and then that money is converted to a Roth IRA so that when you cash it out in retirement, Uncle Sam, the tax man, isn't waiting there for you. And I don't know why I hadn't done this before. Maybe I just wasn't as knowledgeable about this myself, which is kind of surprising being on a personal finance podcast. But hey, I can't know all the things. And part of learning is also making mistakes. And what's most important is that I'm taking advantage of this now. And it's something that I plan to do every year going forward. And so continue to max out my 401k, continue to make after tax contributions, because that's something that my day gig provides even within my 401k as it exists today. And I'm not going to say too much about that to make it confusing, but also because I do have the income taking advantage of the Roth IRA to stock away an additional $6,000 per year. So that is move number one. And I'm not going to lie, putting away $6,000 
like on the spot and just knowing that that money is gone and I won't have access to it after I already did have access to it, which I think is what makes the Roth tricky when you're opening it up because you're taking money you've already received and then you're converting it so that it can live in this account versus when you contribute with your 401k, you never see that money. And so you get used to not seeing it and it doesn't feel like a loss, which I did struggle a bit with the mental side of it. Thinking about this contribution is, oh man, it's 6K that's out of my savings. But I also know that I didn't take advantage of my 401k as much as I should have in my earlier years. And so I have felt like I'm playing a bit of catch up when it comes to retirement savings. And this is an opportunity and a way for me to essentially close that gap that I feel that I have right now. So going forward, I will be taking advantage of the full contribution amount, which is $6,000 as of the time of this recording and as of this year, so that I can continue to grow my net worth and also catch up on retirement in the process. The second thing that I'm doing is maxing out my 401k with my performance bonus, and this really hurts. Now, I mentioned up front that I've made some good career decisions over the course of the years. Uh, by day, I work at Google. I have a salary. I have benefits. I have a performance bonus. I also have access to stock. And so I'm in a fortunate place where I can afford to do something like this. And in years past, I've contributed more to my 401k using my performance bonus. But I'm in a place this year where I can put the whole thing into my 401k and max it out right from the start of the year and then immediately go into after-tax contributions into the 401k and then also making that additional contribution that's going to be converted so I can do that Roth thing once again. And as I was going through this whole process, I was thinking of a past guest on the podcast. He went by the name or goes by the name Financial Samurai. Uh, definitely look him up, has a extensive blog that's been going on for years that covers all things personal finance, very much a straight shooter and sometimes has some controversial opinions, but not the disrespectful, canceled, I can't believe this person type of perspectives. This ain't no Robert Kiyosaki over here. But one thing he talked about that really stuck with me, even though I didn't put it into practice, was this idea of save until it hurts. And I've been saving but I have not been saving to the point that it feels painful. And this is the first time where saving actually felt painful. And so I'd say if you're in a position where you can afford to put a bit more away for your 401k, or if you do receive a performance bonus and you already plan to, to style on them with that money, maybe you can put a little bit more than you planned away for retirement. Maybe you're in a situation where you can put your whole bonus away. The idea here is that you're not just doing what's comfortable, you're doing what's challenging and what might make you itch a little bit, but at the same time, it's ultimately for the long-term benefit, so you got to have that long-term perspective. And so the third habit that I'm bringing into 2021 is budget-based banking so that I can be more thoughtful about spending money, and I'll give you an example of what I mean by this. So I signed up for a service called Cube, Q-U-B-E, or it's essentially a bank. And the way it works is you have a debit card and you load money onto that card, but you can put money into different buckets. And every time you make a purchase with that card, you have to go into the app and say, yes, I want to spend from this bucket and authorize that charge to go through. 
And that may sound like a hassle, but if you think about when you just got a debit card, how easy it is to just swipe. Well, maybe not swipe in these days where we're not out in the streets as much, but even to put your card info in and make that DoorDash order or make that Amazon order, how easy it is to do that. With this app though, every time I wanna make a purchase that falls in one of these categories, I have to go into it and then approve that purchase to go through from that particular bucket of money. So for example, I have dining out, like ordering out groceries, and these live in this app as separate buckets. Think of it very much as the envelope system if you're familiar with that. And I've had times where I've looked in there and said, okay, I set aside 200, all right, I'm lying. I set aside 300, 400 this month to order out via DoorDash because I hate cooking. I look, it's midway through the month. I'm already 75 to 80% through my budget. And I've paused a few times where I've looked in there and said, you know what? Let me actually cook something at home. Let me actually slow down a little bit. And I'm someone, I'm much more of a spender. I'm definitely an emotional spender. So when things get crazy, things are going wild in life, I tend to spend money to make myself feel a little bit better. And sometimes I tend to spend, or a lot of that time, I spend that money on food. And going to this type of system where I have to authorize the transactions before I make them has forced me to be more thoughtful about how I'm spending and has given me the opportunity to make a financially advantageous decision. I'm glad I got that out the first time. So that's number three, budget-based banking. So what can you do in your situation to create more awareness around how you're spending and actually make it harder for yourself to spend money? And that's also why your people talk about setting up a separate savings account that may live outside of your regular account so that you forget the money is there or that the money is harder to get to. And so this budget-based banking, I'm doing it right now for food. Bay and I are working on setting something up for the house, all of the different things that we have to pay for every month. And the level of thoughtfulness this app has inspired has truly been clutch. And they're not paying me to say this. I just really like it because I know that I've already saved money or I've already made different decisions because I've been forced to think and say, do I really want to authorize this to go through? Do I really got to order that tonight? Can that wait till the weekend? Maybe I should finally thaw out that chicken that I bought months ago when I thought that I was going to cook that's just been sitting in the freezer. Of course, if that chicken isn't freezer burned. So number four, growing my taxable investing accounts. And so right now I have a taxable investing account with a robo advisor. I use Wealthfront because I get a benefit through my job where I think it's up to $75,000 that I can invest with them where I don't pay any fees whatsoever. And I'm opening up a second taxable investing account through my financial advisor, which working with a financial advisor is a habit that I probably should have put on the list because I'm continuing that into 2021. Because for as much as I know about managing money and how to make certain decisions, there's also a lot that I don't know. And there are certain things where honestly, I'd rather someone really just tell me what to do or for someone to tell me not to make that decision that I know that I shouldn't make. And I've already leveraged my financial advisor in a couple of those scenarios, even around the Roth contribution. I would not have done that this year if my financial advisor didn't urge me to. Well, done it this year being for 2020 and doing it again in 2021. And if you're wondering what's in these taxable investment account portfolios, it's all exchange traded funds. I don't get into trading individual stocks. That's not for me right now. And so I think a key takeaway here is to do what's right for you as you go about building wealth, whatever that may look like. If you're someone who has the time to invest 
in investing on a daily basis, kind of more of the transactional trading that we see a lot of folks doing right now. Fantastic. But I know myself, I'd rather just take advantage of some of these long term funds, let them grow over the course of years and not try to make a quick profit in the short term. But it is something that I plan to revisit in the future. It's just not something that I want to get into right now. And number five of the financial habits that I'm taking into 2020, treat the business like a business. So I've long dreamed of owning a multimedia company. And it wasn't until I sat down to write notes for this episode that I realized I actually have one. I've achieved the dream. And I didn't stop along the way to fully appreciate it. I've talked about that in the podcast, stopping the smell of the roses, appreciate everything that you've accomplished. I've done some appreciating, but I hadn't appreciated that years ago, back in 2008, 2007, I decided I wanted to have a multimedia platform that was comprised of different brands, so different blogs, different websites. And then years later, I was like, oh man, I would love to have multiple podcasts, this, that, and the third. And I'm in a position now where I actually have a multimedia company, which consists of a lot of different things. So there's this podcast that you're listening to. And if you've been listening for a while, you probably heard sponsors on the show. There's an email community. There's a blog. There's the consulting that I do to help new podcasters start and grow their shows. There's what I'm going to be doing on YouTube. Yes, I'm going to be launching a YouTube channel to help new podcasters start and grow their shows with less stress and more confidence. I'm also going to be posting some YouTube content for paychecks and balances once I do get the hang of things. But ultimately, this is all part of one company. And because I'm doing so many different things to get content out there to the world and to get people's voices out there into the world via these different platforms, I actually have a multimedia company. And I think I've been fortunate to have a salary, the bonus, all of these other things. So to me, running paychecks and balances has always been like just something that I just do. Like I enjoy doing it. I enjoy helping people. I enjoy serving. It's never been about the money. But because it's never been about the money, I also know that I wasn't as diligent or haven't been as diligent about the finances and about opportunities and about creating more revenue and even about you know watching the numbers. And so don't get me wrong, them books are clean. Them books are real clean. But I haven't truly focused on how to make this a, a full-time job, even though I've mentioned it. I really haven't truly said, how can I do this? How can I replace my day job income with all the things that I'm doing on the side. And this is the beginning of that for me, truly, where I'm saying, okay, how can I get to a place where I'm working by day because I choose to versus because I have to? And when I think about 2020, because I was just looking at the books recently, generated almost $30,000 in revenue without putting my foot fully in being kind of leisurely and gingerly about it, but still being moderately responsible, generated near $30,000 in revenue with not a whole lot of effort. So that begs the what if question. What if I was to put my foot fully in this? What if I were to make some of the sacrifices to grow this thing that I've always wanted that I now actually have and also have the complete freedom to run it the way that I want to so that I can realize the vision of what this can ultimately be. So it feels like I'm on the right track right now, but I am going to be a lot more serious and focused in terms of treating this like a business. And as a listener, you'll never know because like I said, my first thing is serving. My first thing is helping others. But 
this thing needs to make money. I've been doing this for seven years. Some, some combination of paychecks and balances and another podcast that existed before this, the blog and everything else that comes along with it. I've been doing this for seven years now. And I've been doing it just kind of like, uh, money's not a thing, but it kind of is, you know, if you're going to invest so much time and energy into something, then you might as well get something back from it beyond just this feels really good. And I think there's also been kind of this inherent struggle where if I try to generate more revenue and if I try to seek these opportunities that bring money in, that that's moving me further away from my purpose, but it's actually moving me closer to it. And that's something that I've been thinking about a lot more by working with a coach, which that probably should have been on the list as well. You know what? This list is really going to be like 11 or 12 things between having the financial advisor and also working with a coach to help me overcome some of those mental hurdles and some of those thoughts like, oh man, am I selling out? Oh man, you know, if I do this, like are people going to think? And that are people going to think is dangerous. And I think it's something that a lot of us fall prey to where we make decisions based off of what someone might think, off what somebody might say. And it's possible that you might make decisions, whether it's for your business, whether it's for what you're going to do personally, where people aren't going to like it. There very well could be someone who hears me say, you know what, I'm going to start treating this more like a business. And they're like, business? You're treating this like a business? Oh, hell no. That means I'm going to have to pay for a subscription. He going to try and start playing these ads. I ain't really trying to hear that. I'm out. And that's completely fine. You know, if me being on my path bothers you, then I am not for you. And you are also not for me. So you will notice this year, as I talk more about the business side of things, I'll probably be divulging more in terms of like the revenue and what the business actually looks like, but also staying true to what this podcast about, which is ultimately helping people financially, professionally, and personally. So I'm excited to really continue to grow this thing and see what I can do from a business perspective, just given all the things that I've learned over the years. And I mentioned you know, almost $30,000 in revenue for 2021. I have not set a concrete goal yet. I'll be very real about that. But right now I am thinking double it. Hell, even triple it, but I'm going to say double it for now. So I want to see if I can generate $60,000 in revenue with the side hustle by putting more effort into it because ultimately the goal is to be able to work for myself and not for someone else. And I also think by taking this approach, it's going to just naturally force me to be more disciplined about things. And I, and I think I've done a decent job at being disciplined, but not great. So looking forward to sharing a lot more about that. And with it being related to the business, that then gets into finance because that's more money I can save, tuck away when I pay myself and all of that other good stuff. So yeah, looking forward to sharing more. So that's everything that I have on the personal finance side, but I did have five other habits that I wanted to talk about that I'm taking into this year. And number six on this overall list is sleep. Oh my gosh. I've had sleep issues for so freaking long. I feel like I've had sleep issues for most of my life. I'm one of those people who doesn't sleep more than about four hours a night consistently where I can actually stay asleep, you know, so I might do the whole fall asleep on the couch thing, wake up, have to go get in the bed, but then I wake up in the middle of the night. But if I try to intentionally go to sleep, 
I've struggled to fall asleep. I guess there's some mental thing going on. I think there's a term for that. I don't know what it is. I'm not going to try to find it right now. But shout out to the Calm app, C-A-L-M. You've probably seen ads for it on TV. You've probably seen ads for it on the internet. It's one of those meditation self-awareness apps. And it really is the bee's knees. And I realize that's extremely corny, but I'm going to go with it because no one really says the bee's knees. But there's this sleep story they have on there. And that's part of the app is that if you do have trouble getting to sleep, they have a series of stories that are narrated by different celebrities and other folks. Adris got something on there. Adris Elba. Yo, Mandy Moore's story on here. I've listened to this thing probably about 12 times now, and I am yet to finish it. It puts me out every single time. And my coach has been telling me like, yo, Rich, Imagine what you could accomplish or imagine or imagine what it would be like if you actually got a healthy amount of sleep. And I don't know what that's like. It's kind of scary in a positive way where it's like, oh, man, if I got if I got even like six or seven hours of sleep, what could I accomplish? Oh, man, if I accomplish more, that's going to create so many more problems and all of these other things like, no, I just need to get this sleep because that's what we need out here. So uh, definitely bringing that habit into 2021. I've got my CPAP machine going. I've been using this app to get to sleep sooner. And I am starting to see progress in terms of how long I stay asleep. But I want this to be the year where I actually start sleeping six to seven hours a night so that I'm actually operating at 100% versus operating at 75 to 80, which is also crazy when I think about it to myself, that if I'm doing this off of so little sleep, and I'm not talking about that hustle sleep that people be talking about, like, oh, you know, if you if you sleep, you ain't hustling. Screw all that hustle stuff, man. You need to rest. You need to rest sometimes. And so I don't look at not sleeping as a badge of honor. I look as I look at that as something that I really need, that if I got it at the level that I really needed it at, I would be able to accomplish even more. So I'm looking forward to really continuing with this sleep thing. And I can't wait to come on this podcast and say, you won't believe it. I done slept seven hours straight. So that's going to be crazy. Number seven, therapy. So I talked about a coach. I talked about a financial advisor. I did not forget to put keeping the relationship with my therapist going into 2021 has been immensely helpful and it hasn't made things easy per se. I'm thinking about it now. I probably physically cried more in 2020 than I probably did in the last couple of years combined. And there's plenty of reasons for that. I think we all know just with everything that happened this past year. And if you listen to this show, you'll hear me talk about the importance of mental health. You'll hear me continue to talk about the importance of therapy that's not going to change. I'm sticking with my therapist, even though she moved out of state, but it doesn't matter because everything is virtual at this point. So keeping that going strong. And so if you've been thinking about therapy, if you've been thinking about what else you can do to better position yourself for whatever it is that you're trying to accomplish, you got to think about that team that you put around you. And I'm not just talking about your friends. I'm not just talking about family. I'm not talking about colleagues. I'm talking about some of these people that I mentioned who I have in my life beyond those who are closest to me, like my girl, you know, my family, my boys, having a therapist, having someone that I can just go and talk to who's not judgmental and knowing that I have that recurring time on the calendar has been immensely valuable. Number eight, tapping into my zone of genius. So there's a book called The Big Leap by Gay Hendricks. It was completely a game changer for me. 
It's actually the book that led me to make a career pivot in 2019, where I was working in staffing. I was a recruiting manager and I read this book. And after reading this book, I decided that I wanted to make a pivot into communications because of all the stuff that I do outside of work. My mission after reading this book became, how do I combine what I do well with what I really enjoy? Because those aren't always the same things. And I ended up settling on making a pivot to an internal communications program management role. And it's been the most fulfilling role that I've had in my career. And so that's just one way that I've tapped into my zone of genius. But then also I had the experience in 2020 where I created a audio course for the Himalaya learning platform called Change Your Day Job. And it's for anyone who's trying to make a career pivot. They're trying to identify their transferable skills. They're fearful of making the change because they don't want to end up somewhere worse off than where they are today. I created an audio course for this platform, got paid to do it where I take you through how I've navigated every step of my career and the different tools and systems and things that I've done to best position myself to ultimately land these gigs, which has ultimately got me to a position where I'm working at Google and I have access to these benefits and I was able to get out of debt and create some financial space for myself. So if you want to check out that course, it's at Himalaya.com slash dayjob, H-I-M-A-L-A.com slash dayjob. You can sign up for the free trial. You can run right through my course. There's also a ton of other great content on the Himalaya platform. And yeah, check that out. But I mentioned that because as stressful as creating that course was, it was also extremely rewarding. And I had some fear around creating it. I've never done it before. Is this something that people are going to like? But I loved creating a script and creating an outline. I loved having the opportunity to narrate and throw in some jokes, however corny they may have been, along with the knowledgeable and straightforward content that you would expect when you're listening to or following a course. It also got me thinking about the other types of content that I could create. It was part of the impetus to me saying, you know what, I need to start doing video. I can do this. I just created an audio course by myself in a bedroom closet, basically. What else can I do that's going to be highly rewarding, but also might be challenging at the same time? And I encourage you, if you're going to your day job, you may like what you do. You may love what you do. Cool. Perfect. But I encourage you to try to find that intersection of what you do really well and also what you enjoy. And it is difficult to find both. And it may take many years. I know it's taken me what I'm saying. I made this pivot in 2019. I've been working since 2005. So it essentially took me 14 years to ultimately land in the role that I can say is the most fulfilling position that I've had in my career with no hesitation. And I want to be clear that I have not said that about each job in succession, that this is the best role that I've ever had. I've made career moves and moved into a position where it wasn't the best thing. It was just the next thing. But right now I am in the best day gig position that I've ever had. And that does play into the comfort with not treating this whole thing as much of a business as I should be because I am enjoying what I do by day. And of course, there are things that I don't like, but for the most part, I'm enjoying what I do by day. I enjoy the people that I work with, 
But I have to remember that there is a whole zone of genius that is beyond what I do with the day gig that I get to tap into by creating videos, by creating these podcasts. I'm a creator. I am not the creator. So I'm not going to be not going to be that person. I'm not I'm not going to be Kanye with it. But I enjoy creating content. I enjoy creating stories. And there are things that if you've been listening to the podcast for a while, you probably haven't seen, but it's stuff that's been in the back of my mind. I have so many different ideas and having this business gives me an opportunity to flex all those things. So what's your zone of genius? What are those things that you want to spend more time doing that you could potentially get paid to do? What are those skills or responsibilities that you could pick up at your day gig? Or even if you're doing your own thing now, what are those things that you can learn to continue to be more effective, but also continue to bring about some happiness or some things that you can work on that are going to recharge you, even though they may be tasks. So for example, I hired a podcast editor who does all of our episodes, but this one I'm doing today so that I can learn a new editing software, which is also going to help me as I start teaching new people how to start their podcast and also recommending tools that they use. So this is an opportunity for me to tap into my love for tech, my love for editing, and my love for really just trying out new things that help people and then being able to have a conversation or talk about them. Number nine, and we're almost at the end here. 2021, continuing with the authenticity and something that I started to do, particularly with creating that course and then even creating the the PB online store. So that online store. So if you go to paybow.co slash shop, I do have a merchandise store that I've created. I'm going to continue to add to it. Even something like sitting and creating quotes or words to to put on T-shirts or to put on mugs and, and things that uh, just come to mind, being able to have an outlet to put those things out there and potentially make some money in the process. That's what it's all about. Not just about the money, but doing something that you enjoy and find fulfilling that also happens to make some money as well. So maybe you can find that in your day job. Maybe you can find that elsewhere. And the other big thing that I want to mention here is start messy. And I heard this on a uh, YouTube channel when I was starting to learn the ins and outs of video, which I'm still learning right now. But I realized part of what's really slowed me down in past years is this quest for perfection. A lot of ideas have died because they weren't perfect. And I am not allowing that to happen in 2021. And even with creating that course, that's something that I probably wouldn't have normally done in the past. I mentioned getting into YouTube. These are all things where I am not letting perfectionism stop me from getting started because I've spent way too many years doing that already. And I can tell you, I've got websites that I've created. I've got basically a cemetery around the web of things that I started and stopped because they weren't perfect or because they didn't get the level of accolades or whatever that I wanted that particular thing to get. But in 2021, I am just doing it. If it's messy, if it's not perfect, the most important thing is to put it out there. And number 10, which is also very much related to number nine, I should probably just combine these two. Somehow this list is actually going to end up being 10 things, but I wrote down, take more chances. Getting into video is definitely doing that. Creating the audio course was something that I probably wouldn't have normally done and could have turned down and come up with some excuse for. But I think even with that, I was held to a timeline or I had a timeline that I needed to deliver by. So I was forced to do it, completed it, realized that I didn't die in the process of doing this thing. 
and I didn't hear all of this negative feedback and all of this other stuff that that negative person in your head can can tell you. I didn't hear all of that. And I realized like, yo, I can do more of this. What is the worst that's going to happen if I put this out there? So in 2021, you're going to see me trying a lot more things via the podcast, via video, even in terms of what I'm doing with the business more broadly, the coaching, the consulting. But within all this, I am going to continue to make space for myself because I don't want to feel the way that I felt in October where it was extremely busy with positive things. And if you listen to that episode where I talked about it, I found myself shedding a tear over a freaking quesadilla because I was so stressed out about everything else that was going on. And that is the list of 10 things or 10 habits that I am bringing into 2021. So I hope that you were able to get a lot out of this or at least get something out of it that you can apply to your own situation, whether personally, professionally, or financially. So if you enjoyed this episode, be sure to share with your network, put it on the, the Twitters, put it on the Facebook, send it to someone via email, text them, do what you got to do. Because the more people I reach, the more people I help. And again, if you have not already, be sure to visit the PMB online store to see what I've created. And I am creating new merch based off of feedback from the audience. I've already created a couple other hoodies and shirts and things like that based off of feedback that I got. So that is PayBal, P-A-Y-B-A-L dot C-O slash shop. So be sure to visit that support if you can. If you can't, I totally get it. If you feel like Rich, you're already doing well, you don't need these bucks. Okay, cool. But if you like what you see there and you want to support this black business, visiting the PNB shop, buying a mug, buying a t-shirt, buying whatever else I got there that fits within your lifestyle is definitely a way that you can support me and that you can support paychecks and balances. And so if you'd like to find me on social media, I am on Twitter and Instagram at PayBalances. And if you go to that profile, it'll take you to at I am Rich Jones, which is my personal account where I'm talking about completely different stuff. So if you're looking for more of the motivation, the inspiration, the personal finance, the career advice, you definitely want to be following pay balances on all the various platforms. I mean, Instagram really is my favorite. There was a point in time where I really hated Instagram and now it's my favorite platform to be on. So definitely make sure that you're following there. And if you're not already part of the email community, I am coming up with a new format for the bi-weekly newsletter. So excited to get that out there as well. So working on that behind the scenes, another opportunity to flex with being in my zone of genius. And you can subscribe by visiting paybal.co slash email. So that is all that I have for today. Thanks so much for listening. And until next time, which will be a couple of weeks from now, be safe. I'm out. Happy 2021 and new year. Peace.